Welcome to the Live Treasured Podcast. Today's podcast episode is an audio file taken from one of our Nourish Bible Study series titled Braveheart. Join us as we study the book of Joshua and his journey into the Promised Land. To learn more about the Nourish Bible Study series, you can go to www.nourishbiblestudyseries.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Enjoy. So what are your favorite movies? One of my favorite movies is Chariots of Fire because I love the story of Eric Liddell and how he ran his Olympic race for God's glory and how he saw his purpose in life to bring God glory. Um, when Eric was growing up, um, he he was very focused on running and he had this interaction with his mother i want to read it to you eric asked mother does god really want me to run you know my plans you know that i've always wanted to work with father in china you see eric's father was a missionary in china and then he says how will running and now all of this training help me get there his mother replied God has given you a tremendous gift, Eric. Of that I am sure. You won't go to China for a few years. Perhaps this is God's plan to run now and then to give God all the glory for your gift. Well, the article goes on to say that Eric decided that he would pursue running and postpone his mission trip to um, China. And inside of the movie, Chariots of Fire, there's this awesome, beautiful scene where Eric has this heartfelt conversation with his sister, Jenny. His sister, Jenny, really wanted him to go ahead and go to China. And she saw the running as an obstacle inside of um, what they were trying to do. But Eric didn't see it that way. Eric knew that he was designed for a specific purpose. Eric knew that the gifts and abilities of running that God had given him, that that was something that he needed to honor and and to give it back um, to God. And when he's explaining his decision to his sister, Jenny, to pursue his running for a while and postpone China, he says this, I was made for a purpose, and that was for China. But God has also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And to run and win is to honor him. To not run would be to hold him in contempt. What has God given you that brings you joy when you do it for him? Well, this morning, we're going to be talking about how our gifts that God has given us, how we are created for a specific purpose, and that when we pour our lives into that purpose, it brings honor back to Jesus. You know, the reality is, is that you and I are all ambassadors here for God's glory, 
and that he's given us gifts and abilities and desires, a specific assigned role. And when we concentrate on that role, we bring honor and glory back to him. Now, inside of our Nourish Scripture this week, we saw that as the Israelites came into the Promised Land, one of the first things that Joshua did was to assign their designated areas, was to give them their boundaries. Joshua 14.5 says, So the land was distributed in strict accordance with the Lord's commands to Moses. So it was by God's command that the Israelite tribes had their specific role. And you know, the same is true for us when we think about our purpose or our spiritual gifts, that only our maker, God himself, the one who made us, only our maker can tell us who we are and the purpose for which we were created. But sadly, sometimes I think that we don't allow God to let us tell us who we are, that we look to others to validate us, that we ask others to write our story. And even those closest to us, just like Eric and Jenny, sometimes they can come against our purpose. And we need to understand that that assigned role that God has given us can only be assigned from God himself. And we need to own that calling, and that will bring honor back to our king. Now, to me, um, I think that there are four reasons why sometimes you and I, instead of letting God write our story, we essentially give that right to others. And, um, and so the first reason is that, um, is that we are looking to others to validate us or we want other people to write our story but god's word is very clear about this in titus 1 3 it says it is by the command of god our savior that i have been entrusted to this work for him so paul knew paul wrote those words and he knew that he was entrusted with a work by the command of god Joshua 14.5 said that the land was distributed in strict accordance with the Lord's commands. I love this, Mark 13.34. Um, it says that, um, that in the last days, that it's like a man who went away on a journey, who when he left home, put his servants in charge, each with his particular task. Who are you allowing to write your story? Is it God? Or are you allowing others, even the others that care about you, have an influence about who you are? You know, I'll never forget when Josh was little and he was growing up and uh, we were working through some issues with him. And inside of my prayer time, um, the Lord used this scripture to speak powerfully to me. It was Jeremiah 18:6. Oh Israel, can I not do to you as the potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hands. 
And in my prayer time, as I was looking at that scripture, the scripture leaped off the page to me and the Lord spoke these words to my heart. Eileen, you are the parent and not the potter. God alone is in charge of everyone's gifts and abilities, their purpose, and we need to respect that for others. And when we love others, it can be tempting to want to suggest and and to push, but if we'll pull back and pray and support others in their unique calling, and, and if we too will let go of that need of others to needing others to validate us and just surrender to God, understanding that that specific assigned role for us will be different from others. You know, the tribes all had a different assigned place. And instead of looking over at other people's roles or trying to push other people into a role that you think that would be good for them, we need to remember that we are merely the people and God is the potter and only he can assign our specific purpose. Have you been living under the influence of maybe what your parents want you to do or what the world wants you to do or or is that contributing to how you spend your time would you be willing today to be like eric and see your assigned task your specific role as something very vital that god has called you to do and go after it with all your heart the next reason i believe that we kind of give this right to others and and don't go after our calling is that we often live distracted instead of directed by um, Jesus. And I am guilty of this because every day we have opportunities to say yes to things and no to things. And sometimes I'll tell you, I look at my calendar and I feel claustrophobic because oftentimes I might say yes to something because I'm living for the approval of man instead of the applause of heaven. And I wonder how different our calendars would look if every single day we prayed over what we were doing and we really examined our motives. Am I doing this because I feel like I should, so out of guilt, or or am I doing this because it's something that will make somebody else happier or, you know, for the approval of man, or is my calendar today focused on what God wants me to do? You see, sometimes our good works may not be our God work. And just like those Israelites couldn't live everywhere, and do everything, Jesus is not calling us to do it all and to be it all. We can find rest by doing the work that God has called us to do by living inside of those boundaries. Matthew 11, um, 28 through 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I wonder, by responding in the shoulds, are we worn out and weary because we are not accepting that beautiful yoke that Jesus has given us, a yoke around our time, a yoke around our finances, a yoke around all of our energy just by doing what God has called us to do. In Acts 20, 24, Paul says this, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the assigned work to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others about the good news, about the wonderful grace of God. In other words, Paul lived with laser focus. And when you look inside of the epistles, you see that Paul knew his calling. I mean, and it wasn't just to give the gospel. He knew that his calling was to give the gospel to a specific people, to the Gentiles. And so he was very focused on that specific calling. Now, perhaps somebody may have come to Paul and, and perhaps said, you know, don't you think that you would be great at sharing the gospel with um, Jewish people? Because after all, you have come from that culture. Nobody knows those people more than you. And I wonder if perhaps in your own life, you're listening to wisdom from others more than the leading of the Holy Spirit. You and I can get rid of full calendars that are not necessarily fruitful, but that are leaving us frazzled and worn out when we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit to do what He has called us to do. And the third thing is that sometimes People can push a religious mindset on us that says basically, you know, that gift that you had, if, if you pour yourself into it, that's selfish ambition. And falsely, we believe that we should hide our spiritual gift instead of going after our purpose and nothing could be further from the truth. Inside of that scripture I read in Titus 1-3, where Paul says, It is by the command of God our Savior that I have been entrusted with this work for, for him. That word entrusted um, is a Greek word, pastuo, that means to have confidence in, to believe in. And that same Greek word is the same word that the Bible uses for the faith that you and I are supposed to have in God as we pray, as we receive our salvation. And doesn't that bless you to know that there is a specific work that God has entrusted you with and the entrusting that he has given this to you is a great confidence and a trust. And when we return by having confidence back in our calling, we bring honor and glory back to God. It is our responsibility to wrap our arms around the role that God has given us and to serve Him with all of our heart. Ephesians, um, in, the, in the fourth chapter of Ephesians, beginning in the seventh verse, it says this, However, 
He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. And then in verse 12, it says this, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Did you catch that? It's a responsibility when God gives us a gift to use it for God's glory. One of my favorite scriptures from our nurse scripture this week was what Caleb says when he just went after um, his allotment inside of the promised land. Joshua 14, 10 and 12. Today, I'm 85 years old. And by the way, let me just pause there and say that let that scripture just speak to your heart to say, we are never too old to walk after that dream that God has given us, to walk out our purpose in life. Anyway, back to the scripture. Today, I'm 85 years old. I'm as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey, and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. Do you hear his passion, his courage, and his commitment to go after his calling in life? I believe when we do that, we honor God and we bring him glory. And the last thing is this, and I see this over and over again as I minister to women. It's really important for each of us to understand what our spiritual gifts are and, and where what we are called to do. And by the way, ministry or our calling, um, because we are ambassadors of Christ, every time we get up and we interact with our family, we're involved in ministry. When we interact with our neighbors or inside of our workplace, we're involved in ministry. And a God-given purpose is really where he's assigned you. It doesn't have to be this, you know, big uh, ministry or something necessarily inside of a church, although it may be. Um, In fact, um, uh, I believe that the most important ministry is to my kids and my family. And when you embrace that truth, when you understand that God is calling you, that that your gifts and abilities can be used everywhere, every day, and you understand that is a role. In fact, it's so much a part of you that Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we were created for that purpose. In other words, your purpose is a part of who you are. And because it's a part of who you are, when you pour yourself into it, it will bring you joy. But beware, the enemy loves to attack us right inside of our purpose. In other words, if God has given you the ability to teach, be aware that you're going to receive attacking inside of your purpose because the enemy knows that he can't steal your salvation. But if he can get you to pull back your spiritual gifts and hide, then he knows that you can't bring your gifts out to bring God glory. So beware of that. Beware of the enemy's attacks. Beware of being led by false humility and hiding your gifts. Beware of living distracted instead of directed by the Holy Spirit. And beware of letting others assign your boundaries 
letting others write your story? Well, the number one thing I think that you and I can do is to release the clutter in our lives so that we can make margin for what matters most. Now, imagine if you were an Israelite and you were trying to live in in every area and trying to accomplish and do everything. Well, then you wouldn't have time to focus on what matters most. And as I said before, some days, well, my calendar just feels claustrophobic. And on one day when I had so much to do and I, I felt like I couldn't get traction forward inside of my goals and accomplish what I wanted to with Treasure Ministries, I got so frustrated, I cried out to God. And, and God answered me in this passage in the book of Luke. And I want to read this to you. It's when Jesus is sending out his workers into the fields. And as he sends them out, he gives them instructions. And you and I are going to look at those instructions. And I'm going to show you how God uses these instructions to speak to me and to direct me to be directed by the Holy Spirit and not live so distracted. Luke 10, 1 through 4 says this, The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the fields. Now go and remember that I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, nor traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Well, that passage just jumped out at me. And the Lord said to me, you need to release some things so that you can make room for your purpose. Um, And the one thing in the passage that we see, number one, is that we need to release stuff. That when God sent them out, when Jesus sent them out, he sent them out with very little. And by sending out with sending them out with very little, they were able to concentrate on what matters most. We need to release stuff. The second thing is that we need to release good works that may not be our God work. For the disciples to go out and to do God's work, they had to leave probably good things. Like, for example, the um, the disciples had to leave their life of fishing to become fishers of men. And sometimes we'll have good things on our calendar, but our good things may not be our God things. Next, we need to release tasks through delegation before we get into desperation. Now, it's so important for us to play to the strengths that God has given us and realize that the reason why we're the body of Christ is he's created other people that have different giftings and abilities. And this is why Jesus, I believe, sent them out two by two that we're not called to serve on our own. And part of that is playing to your strengths and allowing others to play to theirs as you release through delegation. 
And don't wait till you're so desperate and buried under that you're so busy that it's hard to pray through and find the right person. You want Jesus to pair you up with that person for you to work with for your calling. Um, And the next thing is this. We want to release the secondary so that we can focus on the primary. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, inside of this passage, um, he says, um, uh, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. And when I read that, I thought, well, that's kind of rude, right? Don't stop to greet anyone on the road. But I think what Jesus was saying to them was to really be laser focused and to really consider that what matters most to him needs to float to the top of what we do. It wasn't that Jesus didn't care about people, but I think what he was trying to communicate or what he communicated to me that day was that often it's my little yeses that lead to large distractions. And finally, we need to release others from validating us. Inside of this scripture, it says that the Lord chose the disciples and he sent them out. Make sure that you see God's word as those keys that can connect you to your purpose and take the pen of writing your story and place it in the author's hand so that his words can shape your boundaries your purpose, because that is when it will fit you like a glove. God's love calls us to stand up and to take our rightful position inside of the kingdom. And God wants us to see ourselves in light of our eternal purposes and pursuing our purpose with passion brings him honor. And isn't it awesome to just think about the fact that for this time, in light of eternity, that you and I have been placed here for a specific job, a specific spot, an assigned task that God has called you to do. I want to close today by reading a blog that I wrote called Exhale. True confidence flows from knowing that the greatest gift you can bring to the world is becoming the woman God created you to be. And part of this journey is confidently embracing your God-given spiritual gifts and understanding that He gave you these gifts to empower you to love others and to share truth with them, and that that is true humility. Step out of the shadows, brave heart. Come away from the sidelines. Who told you that hiding is humility? God has given you a spiritual gift to share. You have something to offer. That gift was given to you, but it was not for you. Hiding is not humility. Hiding keeps you from using your gifts to help others. Your purpose is a pathway to sharing God's love. And our spiritual gifts are the vehicle to take us along that path. The Holy Spirit breathes ability into us. And as we exhale, the life of Christ is shared and fills the world with his love. 
Sadly, I believe we're often taught to hold our breath in the name of humility, but nothing could be further from the truth. False humility forgets about God's power and paralyzes us with fear. Sharing your spiritual gift with others breathes the life of Christ to them. Your voice is valuable and can make a difference in the lives of others. The people in your life you are called to love are worth it. Let your love for them motivate you beyond your fear. Sometimes I argue with God and hide. Who am I to serve you? What about my past failures? I'm not good enough. I'm inadequate. I'm afraid of falling. And then other times I stop trying so hard to be and just surrender and rest in the power of the great I am. I am not called to create the light. I'm called to reflect the light of Christ by listening to and being led by the Holy Spirit. But when my heart is turned inward in false humility, my heart is not facing in the right direction to reflect His light. Fan the flame of your spiritual gifts by facing the other way. Turn it outward by taking steps this week to use your gifts to touch others. Find freedom to become all God created and redeemed you to be by letting go of fear to fan the flame of your spiritual gifts for His glory. 2 Timothy 1, 6, and 7 I remind you to fan flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self discipline. God's provision, including your spiritual gifts, flows to you and through you so you can glorify Him and love others. God built you to accomplish His purpose for your life. He imparted spiritual gifts the moment you accepted Him. Embrace your spiritual gifts and then allow them to grow because becoming the woman God created you to be is the greatest gift you can give this world. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's podcast episode. We hope you've enjoyed it, and we will see you guys next time. 